Well, what's up, Plum Creek? How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. You're doing good. Hey, quickly, look to somebody next to you and say, hey, I prayed all week that I'd get to sit right next to you. Just real creepy, like. Well, it is so good to see you all here today. If you're newer to Plum Creek or if this is your first time, my name's Craig. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm actually the worship pastor. Usually I have a guitar strapped to my chest up here in case you didn't recognize me. But we are so glad you're here today and thanks, thanks for joining us. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been in a series called Worthy. And it's been a series on worship and, and why we worship corporately and personally. In the last couple of weeks, Pastor Doug has challenged me. He's challenged us on what it looks like to be true worshipers and that God desires our worship, that, that he desires to commune with us. And in fact, God created us to worship. And last week, Pastor Doug talked about the one leper, the one leper out of the 10 that Jesus healed, that came back to Jesus with a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanks and praise, thanking Jesus for all that he had done. And that God's gratitude or God's gratefulness demands our gratitude. And today, as we wrap this series up, I want to talk to you about the power in our praise. Our praise is a, a powerful thing. And as Christians, I think it's important that we learn how to use this powerful thing, how to practice this powerful thing. Real quick, look to somebody next to you and say, hey, there's power in your praise. Now look back at that person and say, stop talking to me. It's getting weird. <laughs> but our praise is a powerful thing. And I don't know about you, but me growing up, praise was like the fast songs that we would do in church. Anybody relate with that? It was like, come on, let's do some praise songs. Celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. Dun, 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 dun. Celebrate. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you always knew that you were doing a praise song, you always knew because there was a lady sitting in the front row, she was anointed, and she would play a tambourine. And whether she was on tempo or not, she was, she was praising Jesus. I'm not talking about that kind of praise today. Maybe, maybe some of you wish I was. But I'm talking about a praise that's more of a state of mind. It's a way of life. It's a lifestyle as a Christian. And you see, I think there's something that happens when we set aside everything that's going on in our life, whether good or bad, when we set aside our worries, our anxieties, our busy schedules, our stress, our relationships, our addictions, and we just fix our eyes on Jesus. And we praise him for who he is, for all he's done and all he will do. There's power in our praise today. And I believe there's probably people here today facing challenges. Maybe you come in here today facing problems. But I believe our praise can be a problem for our problems. You see, if you have a problem called self-esteem, I believe praising God for, for who you are in him and who he created you to be can be a problem for that self-esteem. I believe if you have a problem called addiction, praising Jesus for the power he has to break those chains in your life can be a problem for that addiction. 
I believe if you have a problem with looking in the mirror and seeing who you used to be rather than who you are in him, praising Jesus for his redeeming grace can change who you see in the mirror. There's power in our praise here today. And you see, it's a choice we have to make. It's a choice. The choice we have to make to, to wake up every day and say, God, no matter what's going on, good or bad, I'm going to choose to fix my eyes on you. I'm going to choose to praise you. But here's the beautiful thing. God has chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen us. He's chosen me. No matter how far you've run from God today, no matter your past, no matter your failures, God chooses to extend his grace and his mercy. He chose to go to the cross for your sins, for our sins. Aren't you thankful for that today? Come on. Yeah. Can we pray? God, we thank you that you are God Almighty today, that you're the God over all we know. And God, in this place today, we come to worship you. We come to fix our eyes on your greatness and all that you are. Lord, I pray that your word would not return void today and that your truth would be spoken, that I could just get out of the way and that you would have your way in this place. We love you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, I want to speak to you today out of a passage in Acts. So if you have your, your Bibles, your smartphones, would you turn to Acts chapter 16? And has anybody here ever, ever had a season in your life where you thought you were doing everything right, but everything seemed to be going wrong? Anybody? Two of us? All right. All right. Three, four. All right. My wife and I, we've been married for, for 10 years this last July, and she's quick to remind me that these have been the absolute best 10 years of my life, and I agree with her. <laughs> but there was a season in our life about seven and a half years ago where we thought we were doing everything right, and our, our, our first son was about to be born. His name's Miles, and, and we were going to do everything by the book. So we started reading all the, the first-time parenting books. We read Baby Wise like 15 times. We started getting the, the room already. We put the, the crib together. We got the noise machine that, that played all the pretty lullabies. We started practicing our swaddling technique. And we were just determined that it was going to be beautiful and magical. And that day came when, when our son Miles, he, in that hospital room, he came into the world. We knew he was healthy. He was breathing. He started to cry, and we were so happy. We were so happy. And a couple of weeks later, he was still crying. He was still crying. And a couple of weeks after that, he was still crying, and his, his cry kind of turned into this high-pitched screech. It was like the worst sound you've ever heard in your life. And he began to scream, and months went by, and he was still screaming, not sleeping. And not only that, he had acid reflex, and he would spit up about every 15 minutes. And it wasn't just like a little bit of spit up. It was like projectile, like five feet. 
And every 15 minutes, no matter where we were at, in the store, at friend's house, we just knew he was just gonna start puking on everybody. And we thought we had done everything right. We're six months into it, and we looked like we had just been through the war. We were tired. We were crying. We had stains all over our clothes. We just didn't care anymore. Everything seemed to be going wrong. And sometimes, as Christians, we can feel like we're doing the right thing. And things can seem to be going wrong. And that's where Paul and Silas find themselves in this this story. And just to kind of set you up with where we're going today. Paul and Silas, they had just cast a demon out of a girl. They had just freed her from slavery. Sounds like a good thing to do, right? Did anybody do that today? And the slave owners get ticked off and they bring Paul and Silas before all the town officials. And they basically get Paul and Silas in trouble. And Paul and Silas find themselves getting surrounded, stripped down, brutally beaten with sticks almost to the death, thrown in jail, heavily shackled, and heavily guarded. Talk about a bad day, right? And in this moment, when life was was unfair and everything seemed to be going wrong, And this moment is when they decide to insert some praise. Let's jump down to verse 25. It says this, along about midnight. I want to stop right there. Why is that important? Because sometimes when when your night is at its darkest, your praise needs to be at its loudest. The word goes on to say that Paul and Silas were at prayer and they were singing a robust hymn to God. I wanted to look up that word robust and find out some of the meanings. Some of the meanings are strong, vigorous, sturdy, tough, powerful. So here they are singing some robust praise. The word goes on to say that the other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. Why is that important today? Because sometimes our world wants to hear what we're shouting when things aren't going well. You see, the other prisoners, a.k.a. your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your family members, they want to know what you're shouting when things aren't going well. You see, they, they know what the Christians shout when, when we win the award, when we win the gold medal, when we score the touchdown. But apparently, they want to know what we're shouting when things aren't going well, even in the darkest of night. The word goes on to say that then without warning, a huge earthquake came and the jailhouse tottered and every single door flew open and all the prisoners came loose. Man, that is why our corporate worship here today is so powerful. There's power in our praise here today. It's it's so powerful that it has the, the power to break the chains off people that don't even realize they want to get set free. Have you ever seen that? I see that all the time. People come into a time of worship and you can see it in their body language. 
like, man, I don't want to be here. I don't want to sing these songs. I don't feel like praising today. And after the last song or after the message, they're just in tears. They're in tears from the power of God's truth, the power that's in our praise even corporately here today. Which, by the way, can we thank the worship team for leading us in a powerful time of worship today? Yeah. I love our team. But there's power in our praise here today. And the word goes on to say, Startled from sleep, the jailer saw all the doors swinging loose on their hinges. And assuming that everybody had escaped, he pulled out his sword and was about to do himself in, figuring he was as good as dead anyway, when Paul stopped him and said, don't do that. We are still here. Nobody's run away. Let's stop there for a minute. Why is that important? Because when we praise Jesus, it can give us a love for our enemies. When we praise Jesus for how graceful he's been to us, how merciful he's been to us, how could we ever hold back that grace and that mercy from someone else? Why would Paul care about his jailer that day, his enemy? I believe it's because Paul had experienced God's amazing grace for himself. The word goes on to say that the jailer got the torch and he ran inside. Badly shaken, he collapsed in front of Paul and Silas and he led them out of the jail and he said, Sir, what must I do to be saved to really live? This is awesome because there was no altar call that day. There was no record of the jailer uh, confessing every sin he had ever committed. There was no soft keyboard playing in the background. Apparently, it was enough for, for the jailer to see two dudes worshiping God in their darkest hour. Apparently, that was enough for him to say, I want what they got. I need that. I need that. And then Paul goes on to say, put your entire trust in Jesus. Then you will live as you were really meant to live. Then he went out to spell every detail of the master and his entire family got saved. They never did get to bed that night. The jailer made them feel at home and he dressed their wounds. What an amazing testimony of God's power. I mean, talk about changing, changing lives, changing, changed lives, changing lives. I mean, think of the, the ripple effect of that. And it all started with two men when life was against them and it was unfair begin to take their eyes off of their mess and their stuff and fix their eyes on Jesus and begin to praise. I have a few big thoughts for you today. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, write this down. Praise has to overcome your preference. Your praise has to overcome your preference. And there's an old Psalm, Psalms 34, it says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Can we read that together today? Read that with me. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Man, we love our preferences, don't we? We could go around this room today sharing our preferences on just about anything. Cars, 
food, clothing, music. And it's okay to have preferences, but sometimes we can attach our feelings to our preferences. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, our preferences and our feelings can overcome our praise. And as a worship pastor, I, I, hear, this, I hear this all the time. People are like, well, I don't really feel like it. I don't really feel like going to church today. This next one's one of my favorites, so if you want to come up and say this to me after church, it'd be awesome. I wasn't really feeling worship today. I don't really feel like singing the new songs because I, I really like the old songs, and, and I would feel like singing if we would just sing more Hillsong or more Bethel or more hymns. Or why does it have to be so quiet? I wish we could just turn it up. Why are you guys laughing? It's not funny. Or why does it have to be so loud? Or if they just had that flavored coffee creamer that I like so much at church, I would feel like going to church. Or I don't really feel like going to church today because the Broncos are playing. Man, I got quiet. <laughs> or I don't really feel like doing what God wants me to do today. And quickly, quickly we can let our preferences and our feelings dictate how and when we worship and praise. As if Jesus felt like going to the cross for us. As if Jesus felt like getting brutally beaten and spit upon and mocked for our sins. I mean, I pray that we feel good. And I believe God can comfort us. I believe God inhabits the praises of his people. But at the end of the day, your praise has to be your priority. Not your preference. Not your feelings. We have to surrender. We have to surrender that. Which brings me to number two. Write this down. Praise is an act of surrender. Praise is an act of surrender. And I find it fascinating that, that five years later after Paul was imprisoned, after going through all that he went through, he decides to write this to the Romans. And this has been a verse that's kind of weaved its, its way through this whole series because it's a powerful verse on worship. Romans 12.1, it says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Our praise is an act of surrender. We have to surrender our ways to his ways, fully abandoning our, ourselves to him, surrendering our, our success, surrendering our status, our relationships, our finances, our current situation, whether good or bad, fully surrendering to him. And I had somebody ask me a while back, uh, why do you raise your hands in worship? 
And for me, I raise my hands for a couple reasons. One of the reasons I raise my hands is because we have victory in Jesus today. In any football game you go to, any, any World Cup, when you see people raising their hands, when, when they score the goal, when they win the touchdown, they're raising their hands in victory. And listen, we have victory in Jesus today. We are overcomers in him so we can raise our hands in victory, praising our God. And another reason I raise my hands is just it's a physical act of surrender. I raise my hands as a physical act of surrender. We raise our hands as an international act of surrender. Anytime you, or anywhere around the world, you find yourself in a, in a dark alley, which I never recommend, but for some reason, if you find yourself in a dark alley and somebody sticks a gun up to your back, what do we do? We surrender. We surrender. And listen, it's not, it's not about a method. It's not about raising your hands. It's more about the heart of the issue. And sometimes for me, it can feel good to come into a worship service when, when everything seems to be going wrong. And I don't feel like praising and I feel like letting my emotions dictate my worship or my current situation. And sometimes it can feel good to just stick a hand up to remind my soul that I'm not gonna let my feelings and my emotions dictate my worship. And I think kind of like the old saying says, sometimes in our worship, our actions, our actions speak louder than our words. Our actions speak louder than our words. And you see, there's gonna be things that happen in this life that are not fair. Times in, in those seasons, it seems so dry and you don't feel God. Times when storms come crashing in and times when life just beats you down for no reason. And you're not going to feel like praising. Maybe everything in you is going to want to try to take control or try to fix things yourself. But in those moments, we need to remind ourselves whether we lift a hand or not, that we're gonna surrender and we're gonna praise our God louder than ever because Psalms 34 says, I will praise my God at all times. At all times. Number three, write this down. We praise God not because he has forgotten who he is, but so we don't forget who he is. So we don't forget who he is. Listen, we don't serve an insecure God today. God's not looking down from heaven saying, oh man, I could really use some praise today. I'm really tired from, from healing people and ruling all of creation. I hope they're going to really bring it in the fourth row today. I hope they're going to bring some robust praise. God hasn't forgotten who he is. We praise God so we don't forget who he is. That's why we sing these songs today. These aren't just songs, they're, they're anthems. They're powerful truths about God's promises. And sometimes in our life, we need to remind ourselves, like we sang earlier, that, that God is good. He is good. And that he's the God over all that we know. Or sometimes we need to remind ourselves how great his faithfulness is. Or how amazing his grace is that saved a wretch like me. Come on. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. 
There was an old song that I, I kept thinking of when I was preparing this message, and if you know it, sing it with me. It goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We praise God today so we don't forget who he is. Number four, write this down. We praise, we praise God because he's already done more than you think he has. God has already done more than you think he has. He's faithful today. Think about that. When you realize that something's already been done, when the trip's already been planned, when the reservations have already been made, when the bags have already been packed, when the party's already been planned, what about this one? When the house has already been cleaned? I said that at 4.30 yesterday. My wife just shouted, hallelujah. She even raised, she like waved a flag. But think about that. There's, there's such an ease that comes into to any situation when, when something's already been done. You see, I don't really think that Paul and Silas knew that God was going to do all that. I don't think they got in that prison cell and they're like, all right, you know what works every time. We're going to start with a couple fast songs, some praise songs, and then we're going to slow it down to a couple of slow songs. And all the doors are going to fly open, the chains are going to break, all the prisoners are going to be set free. You see, I don't think they thought that at all. I think they begin to praise to remind themselves of who God is and that he is faithful and that he was faithful there. He's going to be faithful here. So let's not panic. Let's not try to take control. Let's not try to fix it. Let's just begin to praise. Let's just begin to praise. God is faithful Number five, write this down. You can praise God because he is going to do more than you think he's going to do. He's going to do more than you think he's going to do. Somebody needs to hear this today. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory. God is able to do way more than you could ever dream or imagine. I got to believe that Paul and Silas walked out of that prison like, dang, can you believe God did all that? We just began to praise. We began to worship and all the doors flew open. The earth began to shake. The chains broke off. All the prisoners were set free. The jailer got saved. His family got saved. I believe God did far more than they ever could have dreamed or imagined that day. And listen, I believe God wants to do far more than you could ever dream or imagine. 
far more than you could ever dream or imagine in your life, in your family's life, in this church. Man, let's dream big, right? Let's dream big. I was trying to think of how to, to wrap all this up today, to wrap up this series. And I came up with this. It's simple, but it's a lot easier said than done. And that's our main thought today. It's this. Choose praise. Choose praise. It's a choice you have to make. Choose praise today. When everything's going great, choose praise. When you get that, that raise at work, choose praise. When life seems unfair, choose praise. When everything seems to be falling apart, choose praise. When your relationships are a mess, Choose praise. When that job situation isn't going so well, choose praise. It's a choice we have to make. Choose praise today. Choose praise now. Choose praise. I want to close with this story today. And it's a true story. I know it well. It's, it's my story. Maybe some of you have heard a little bit of my story. We shared it a few months back. But a lot like Paul and Silas about 18 years ago, I found myself in a jail cell. shackled but shackled to my addictions brutally beaten down by the, the life choices I had made that brought me to this place I'd hit rock bottom I weighed about 120 something pounds just from the constant heavy drugs I was putting in my body not eating not sleeping for days blacking out most nights waking up not knowing how I got there my life was a wreck my life was a wreck a mess But you see, there's nobody here today that can't tell, that can tell me that, that God can't do far more than we can ever dream or imagine. Nobody can tell me that. Because it was that night I decided to insert some praise. Listen, my, my praise was not a beautiful hymn. 
praise wasn't a song. In fact, it wasn't really pretty at all. I think sometimes our praise is very raw and very real. And my praise sounded like this. God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I desperately need you. God, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender to your ways. And God, I've tried everything that this world has to offer. And it's all temporary. But you're the real thing, God. You're the real thing. I choose to praise. I choose to praise you. And that night, the the earth didn't begin to shake. The doors didn't fly open. The chains didn't fly off. But little by little, as I begin to surrender my life, as I begin to praise God, begin to break my chains. He began to break my chains. He began to transform my life. He began to do far greater than I could have ever imagined or dreamed of. I started to do things that I I never thought I was worthy to do. God transformed my life. But I had to insert some praise. I had to choose praise. But guess what? Guess what? God has chosen you. He chooses you today. He chooses each and every one of us. And he wants to do far more, far more you could ever dream or imagine. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, maybe there's people in here that you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. It may be a lot like that jailer. You you feel something in your heart just saying, I want that. I need that. God, I need you. If that's you, I just want to invite you to make the best decision of your life. And if that's you, will you just raise your hand high as just a physical act of surrender today? I see you. Yes, I see you. Many hands. Thank you. Thank you. Would you just pray this simple prayer with me in your heart? God, God, I need you. God, I need you. I choose you. I choose to praise. God, I thank you for for dying on the cross, God, so that I may have new life in you. I put all my hope and trust in you today, Jesus. Or maybe some of you are here today and you're facing tough situations in your life. Maybe you find yourself almost in your, in your own prison. Life has, has beat you down for no reason. Everything seems to be going wrong. Or maybe today you've made some choices. You're kind of doing things on your own. 
doing things your way or maybe trying to fix things yourself. Listen, if that's you, I just want to invite you to make a physical act of surrender today. Will you raise your hands just declaring, God, today I choose praise. I choose praise. Lots of hands. I'm with you today. I'm with you. God, we choose praise today. We choose to fix our eyes on you. We choose to lose control. We choose to surrender to your ways, God, knowing that you are good. God, I pray that we would be a church that that chooses to worship you, God, in spirit and in truth. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me?